I know you said, boy, she got a lot of things up here like it's for children church or something. But, uh, but you know, I think we got some good illustrations um, that just dropped in my spirit to share. I'm a little taller than this, Pastor. Yeah, <laughs> So for those of you who I haven't had the honor of meeting, my name is Pelzetta McCormick. Pastor, I get the privilege of being married to the pastor. <laughs> as, as we say in our house, pastor has special powers. <laughs> mm, praise him. <laughs> and, and it's a joke in our house, pastor has special powers every time he does it. He's a pastor has special powers, and he just looks at us like, <laughs> but we truly are blessed to, I'm truly, I'm blessed to, to be married to him. You know, um, I have said this before. If he didn't live what he tells you, I wouldn't go to this church. I would be finding another church because I am not good on or big on hypocrites. Just telling you that, just so you know. So if he's not doing what he's telling you, I would be like, uh, sorry, we need to do something else. Um, and he would do the same for me. Because we hold each other accountable. Because there's a church on every corner. And we have to stand before God one day and give account for everything that we do. Now, are we perfect? Absolutely not. We have intense fellowship just like the best of them. <laughs> so that's the code word when we come in church and everybody's looking around and you say, ooh, they're not talking today. Yeah, we had intense fellowship. <laughs> just like you get ready to come to church and the wife ain't ready. Normally, it's the husband that's not ready. I was... <laughs> Well, you know, I figure I help the ladies out. I am the pastor's one. Yeah. So, you know, normally they're doing something or they're getting around. Okay. Oh, that's not my message today. Anyway. See, what's that, Avril? I thought she was giving me five. Anyway. <laughs> all jokes aside, normally, you know how Sunday mornings we all put that mask on. We come in and we're smiling and we speak to everybody else and say, hey, honey, how you doing, Lord? And, you know, our spouse, we look at them like, <laughs> you know what I mean? Oh, come on. Who knows what I mean? Come on. And then we, after we sit here about 20 minutes, God start working on us. And then we're like, okay, I'm sorry, honey. Because the spirit of conviction and hit us. Boom. And then we try to get to them real quick, especially before they say connect with somebody. Because <laughs> you don't want to greet somebody better than you greet your mate, right? All jokes aside, we all live in the real world. So what hits you hits us. And so to pretend and be like, oh, nothing ever hits us, that's not true. So we all have to surrender and submit to the same God that you do. All right? So now that we all know that we are human just like you are, the message comes to us before it comes to you. Yes, it does. <laughs> so I, for those that I know and have the privilege of being on this journey with at LifeSpring, I love you dearly, and, you know, we can't do this without you. So please don't think that we're on an island by ourselves, because we're not. Um, there is nothing that we can do that we all, that we can do by ourselves that we don't need you because we do. For those that we have not had the privilege of meeting, please, after church, let us at least get your name and hug your neck. And, you know, if you've got an attitude, bring that too, because we can take that too. So, <laughs> you know, because we want to know how you're doing. You know, I don't want to be one of those churches that you come in and you go out and we, we just don't know who you are and we lose track of you. And it, that's not good. All right. So let's, let's try to connect and get to know each other because that's what family is about. So now that you've got to, to know a little bit about me and what I'm about and we want to get to know about you. So do you feel welcome? Yes. All right. That's my goal, to make you feel welcome today. We are continuing our study uh, and, Paul, and we're talking about Paul's letters to Colossians. Um, Ryan last week taught. Um, I didn't get to be here, but I watched him on Facebook, and he did an awesome job. So I was very glad to be able to view that. As you prepare to read Colossians chapter 3, verse 17, pastor's going to read our text for us, and I'm going to ask everybody to stand. And you said, why are you standing? Because I want everybody to bring their minds in to the word of God. So, oh, sorry, I thought you had a mic. I'll be reading out the Amplified Version today, the Amplified Classic, if you will. Colossians, beginning at verse 17 of chapter 3. And whatever you do, no matter what it is, in word or deed, 
do everything in the name of the Lord Jesus and in dependence upon his person, giving praise to God the Father through him. Wives, be subject to your husbands, subordinate and adapt yourselves to them as is right and fitting and your proper duty in the Lord. Husbands, love your wives, be affectionate and sympathetic with them, and do not be harsh or bitter or resentful towards them. Children, obey your parents in everything, for this is pleasing to the Lord. Fathers, do not provoke or irritate or fret your children. Do not be hard on them or harass them, lest they become discouraged and sullen and morose and feel inferior and frustrated. Do not break their spirit. Servant, obey in everything those who are your earthly masters, not only when their eyes are on you as pleasers of men, but in simplicity of purpose with all your heart because of your reverence for the Lord and as a sincere expression of your devotion to him. Whatever may be your task, work at it heartily from the soul as something done for the Lord and not for men, knowing with all certainty that it is from the Lord and not from men that you will receive the inheritance which is your real reward. The one whom you are actually serving is the Lord Christ, the Messiah. Thank you. Our title today is Surrender is Freedom. Surrender is Freedom. This rope, just like an average rope, correct? Rob, can you help me, please? Help me, Rob, please. <laughs> this rope, just a white rope with a red dot, right? This rope represents eternity. These, this side represents people who have been here before us. This red dot represents us right now. We're born, we die. This is our existence. Understand it? Could you stretch out eternity? Keep going. This is eternity. See how eternity just keeps going and going and going. Why do we think we're going to last forever? There were people before us who thought they were going to last forever. If you hear nothing else from me today, this is one of the things that I want you to take note of. This is the span of our life. What we do right here, right now, impacts eternity. What you do with what God gives you right now affects the rest of eternity. What you do right here, right now, affects the legacy that you leave in eternity. It affects your family legacy. The only way that you can impact eternity is a surrendered life in Christ if you plan to go to heaven. If you plan to go to hell, hey, do as you wish. It's a free will. You do have a choice. My stand keeps thinking I'm short. Let's give it a little extra boost there. So I want you to hear me say today is that the only way you can impact eternity is by total, a total surrendered life in Jesus Christ. Which eternity legacy will you leave? Which eternal, eternity legacy will you leave? True submission requires total surrender. Our scripture passage today reminds us of what it means to submit in various aspects of our lives. But did you know submission and surrenderance are two totally different things? I'm going to say that again. Submission and surrenderance are two total different things. 
Let's look at the definitions. Submission, the act of being submissive, humble, compliant, the action of yielding to the authority or control of another. Surrender, to cease fighting, hiding, or resisting knowing you will not win or succeed. To yield to the power, control, or possession of another upon compulsion or demand. To give up completely, to give oneself up into the power or another, especially as a prisoner. Submission, surrender. Biblical submission, not worldly submission, in every area of our lives will only occur as we surrender, total surrender, to the authority of Jesus Christ in our life. Submission, surrender. There are three clearly identifiable types of surrender, and we're going to take a look at all three. And to give you a visual instruct, illustration, I want to use three oranges. I knew you was waiting to see what my display is. All right. This orange right here is unpeeled, skin on, which means total surrender. Got it? Now, there's nothing special about these jars. I didn't put any secret liquid in here. This is just plain water in each one. But this orange represents a total surrender life. The water in each jar just represents life itself. It represents all the darts that come. It represents the things of the enemy. It represents life. The day in, day out of life. The trials, tribulation, your family, working, just everything. Sickness, anything that might come at you. That's just what the water represents. What you got to deal with in that short span of that red dot on that rope. Orange, total, total surrender. This represents a Christian that is just total surrendered life. Let's see what happens. Oh, it pops back up. This orange represents, is partially peeled. It represents lukewarm submission. Now remember, we're identifiable types of surrender. There's three. A surrender, a total surrender, partial surrender. You see, it's got partial submission in here. There's some things that you surrendered in your life and submit it to but there's not total surrender. Well, let's put that in life. Oops. Let's see how it fares out. The third one, the third type of surrender is totally peeled. Total rebellion, no submission, refusing to surrender to the presence of God. Totally. <laughs> that ain't my God. I make my own decisions. I do what I want, because after all, it's my life. Let's see how it fares with life. Let's see what happens. <laughs> I switch. I think that's a distraction. <laughs> Thank you. So let's take a closer look at all three, and we're going to see kind of what happens here with these things. The unpeeled orange, fully clothed, the unpeeled orange, which is this one. See what it does with that. The unpeeled, clothed, unpeeled orange, fully clothed with the fruit of the Spirit, fully equipped with the total armor of God, dressed for battle, and you are able to stand. The fruit of the Spirit will be on display. We'll be able to see it in you and on you. Total surrender gives access for the fruit of obedience. Total surrender to give access of the fruit of obedience, accountability, accessibility, availability, and guess what? Submission. Somebody will be able to tell you something. You'll be able to hear God's word for something. 
You won't look the same. You won't act the same. Because guess what? Did you realize the armor of God is also what Ephesians talks about, how you should act the fruits of the Spirit? Did you kind of put the two together? Did you ever think about that? Well, that's the... That's, do you remember Ryan talking about the uniform last week? Did you put together the uniform, the armor of God? Did you talk about the... Did you realize the fruit of the Spirit? Total surrender life. Partial surrender. Half-peeled orange. You are submitting in some areas, but not all. Submission to God is not total surrender. And let me say that again. Submission to God is not total surrender. They can keep clapping. Maybe God's clapping for us or something. I don't know. But uh, total submission, I mean, partial surrender, half-peeled orange, you are submitting in some areas, but not all. Submission to God is not total surrender. Remember, what God requires from us is total surrender, not just submission. The outcomes, lukewarm spirit. Now, do you know what the Bible says about a lukewarm spirit? Lukewarm spirit. God says, I would go to be hot or cold. If you are lukewarm, I will spew you out of my mouth. Revelations 3.15, I know your works. You are neither cold nor hot. With that you were either, would that you were either cold or hot. So because you are lukewarm and neither hot or cold, I will spit you out of my mouth. There's a scripture also said that you're good for nothing. If you're lukewarm, you're good for nothing. He can't use you for nothing. It's almost like sometimes, have you ever heard somebody say, make a decision already. Choose something. Have you ever heard somebody say, just make a decision already. Decide. Which way are you going to go? We need to make a decision. Which way, what are we going to do? Have you ever been talking to somebody and you say, you, you ask them 50 questions or not even 50. You just ask them one and, and they keep talking to your mic and they keep talking to you. And finally you just say, can you make a decision? Oh, you better not look at Jackie. Can you make a decision? Barbara, have you ever talked to somebody and you say, I just want an answer already. And then when they make an answer, they flip flop and flip flop. And you're like, if you change it one more time. Just one more time. Make a decision. You know anybody like that, Mitch? Don't, don't say the name. <laughs> Hold the name. <laughs> you cannot be lukewarm with your relationship with Christ. You can't afford to be. You remember the rope? We only have a short time. You think you got years and years to make your mind up. You know, our thing that is the deception to us is we'll get around to it. We have tomorrow. But, you know, young people die every day. You don't have to wait till you're old anymore to pass and go. Young people, if you haven't noticed, are dying every day. When they thought they could wait till they're 40 and 50, or which is not old, hello. Just saying. That ain't old. But when they, you know, back when we were 12, it's like, oh, you're old. No, that ain't old. Let's just really, that's not old. But when you, you don't have the time that you think anymore. Well, we thought we had this much time or this much time. Guess what? We don't. All right? When we're lukewarm, we also have vulnerability to the Leviathan spirit. Now, I've been in a battle for two weeks. I mean, it's been a war to, to talk about this spirit. And I'm just going to tell you, this ain't been an easy thing. I was like, Greg, can you do this? You can do this message. And he just looked at me like, no, no. I don't know if you even know what the Leviathan spirit is. And it came up, and I kept trying to dismiss it. And the Holy Spirit would not let it, just would not release me from it. The Leviathan spirit can attach itself to us without us even really understanding what's happening. And we can think we're okay because it is so subtle and because it's in the church. And, you know, we don't talk about spirits because, you know, that just ain't cool because, oh, God, that's weird. 
And if you talk about spirits, oh God, then something's wrong with that church. And it's just that church. But let me tell you something. We cannot talk about it and get our butts kicked, or we could deal with it and kick the butt of the spirit and get it out of here. And I'm going to tell you something. I'm tired of binding spirits because I ain't binding it to release it nowhere else. I want to destroy them because why am I binding it to release it? Who am I release it to? I want to downright destroy it so it doesn't come back on generations and generations to come. Because guess what? It's not just one. There's many. And when we sit here and we pretend like, oh, it's just that person. Sometimes that person needs a deliverance. Sometimes that person needs to be told why they're acting the way they are. And we not need to say, oh, baby, it's okay. I'll bring you a bowl of soup. I'm going to bring you a bowl of soup, and I'm going to cast that devil out. And then you're going to eat your soup, and you're going to be okay. <laughs> because... When we keep playing with the enemy, the enemy's not playing with us. And if I only got this much time on earth, I don't have time to play. Now, am I making us weird and freaked out and, oh, everything is a devil? No, everything is not a devil. Everything is not a demon. Some things are just you. <laughs> I'm just saying. Because some things you know to do, you just don't do. The Holy Spirit says, do this and you do something else. You cause disobedience on yourself. That's not the devil. That's just you acting a fool. I'm, it's, it's tight, but it's right. It's tight, but it's right. My mama used to say it's tight, but it's right. But you know what? You grow up. And when we stop acting like, you know, when we were children, we could get away with stuff. But when we grow up, we need to grow up. And I would love to keep everybody on milk, but it's time to get off milk. And, that, you know, some people say, oh, she's so hard. She doesn't love me. I love you enough to tell you the truth. And I love you enough to keep you safe. That's what I got for you. The, I, the Leviathan spirit, it stops spiritual growth in people. Have you ever noticed somebody's still in the same place they've been for five, six, seven years? And they say, I don't know why I'm not growing. Everybody else around me is growing. And they said, but you know, I can't pray. I can't read my Bible. Every time I pick my Bible up, it just doesn't make any sense. Or I can't open it. Well, there's some reasons for that. One, you're just not disciplined enough to make yourself read the Bible. That's not a spirit. That's just lack of discipline. Everything's not a spirit. I'm just going to tell you that. So don't go back and say, Pell says that everything is spirit, because I did not. <laughs> On tape, I did not say that. <laughs> just to be clear, I didn't say that. Everything is not a spirit. Some things we just have gotten lazy and we just will not do. We do everything we want to do. Anything we want to do, we make time for it. We make time for it. When we set our minds to do something, we will carve out time to do it. If we really wanted to pray, we would put time to pray. If we wanted to read our Bibles, we would set a time to read our Bibles. Am I lying? We don't do it because we don't want to do it. We don't do it because it's not, we don't see the pleasure in doing it. We don't do it because it's not priority to us to do it. But when we get in a crisis, we can pray. Hello, somebody, get me a Bible. I'll find every scripture on that subject just as sure as my name is Palzetta. I'm serious. Write them down. Go in my closet. I'll find a closet. But if something's not pressing me, everything else is important. We got to stop that. See, we got to be so into God that, guess what? When the good is happening, we're pressing. When the bad is happening, we're pressing. When nothing, when, when, it's, when life is just calm, we're pressing. Because we've got to be so intimate with God that, guess what? We want to be in his presence all the time. It doesn't matter about the situation. It doesn't matter about what we need and don't need. That's how we should be so in love with God and so relational with him. That's what we should. We really should. But the Leviathan spirit, you know, 
you can't, sometimes it just, you can't read your Bible. Uh, deception is a major role in your life. You know, you see one thing, really something else is happening. You're prideful, you're arrogance, always some kind of gossip, some kind of chaos. Mitch, dog, I can say happy birthday to you and you'll get confused. I'm I mean, you know, and you're like, how? Not that he has, let me clarify, he, that's never happened. Uh, he said once. See, that's the devil right there. Okay, so <laughs> my point is, have you ever just talked to somebody and you walk away, and then the next thing you know, it's so much confusion, you're like, well, what, what, what happened? We said less than five words, mama, less than five words. How could, it, how could that happen? It's the enemy. It's breaking relationship. He breaks relationship that should be a righteous relationship, but because of so many things, confusion, chaos, that's what he does. And guess what? Have you ever seen a crocodile? They don't just bite your alligators. They don't just come and chop down. <laughs> I was watching some videos. Them bad boys come in, they clock you, and then they just start spinning you, spinning you and chopping and spinning you. And I thought to myself, they're trying to make you delusional. They're trying to make you so confused and chaotic. Well, isn't that what the enemy does? Have you ever been in something and all of a sudden, before you know it, it does spin out of, out of sorts and you're like, how did this happen? Confused and, and it's just something going on and you can't even get to the bottom of it. You can't even get to the root of it. And you're like, how did this thing spin so far out of hand? And you can't even find out, you think you got one person that started, you think you got one incident that started a rob, you're trying to get to the root of it, and you're trying to figure out, how do we get here? How, how do we get here? And the next thing you know, is something so simple that never should have got anywhere, and you thought, how do we, how do we have so much confusion? For people that love God, serve God, carry the power of God, how do we get here? Because we're not paying attention. We let our guard down. And I'm not saying we all have that spirit. Please hear my heart. I'm not saying we're sitting here possessed. I'm not saying that. What I'm saying is, when we hear things, we need, to pack, we need to put it against the Word of God and analyze it and start reasoning, what does the Word of God say about this? Does that make sense? Yeah. What does God say about this? Sister Jackie, if somebody come to us and we say, well, what would God do about this? Not on our own self. How would I react? How I would react would not be what God would react. I need to say, what would God do here? What would God say about this? And if I'm in the word of God, guess what? My reaction would be more like God instead of more like Pelzetta. Now, maybe I'm the only one that have reacted like Pelzetta. And maybe y'all don't act like yourselves sometimes. But I can think of situations where I should have been acting more like God, but I acted more like myself. And then after it's over, I'm thinking, you know, I should have just stopped and thought about what God would have done. You had never been there? And it's gotten so out of hand, and then you think, I, could have, I can't go back now, Mike. I done blew it. <laughs> All I can do now is fall on my face and repent. But then after that, we done caused so much hurt. Or we done offend. Then you had the spirit of offense. Then you got to go back and deal with the spirit of offense. You see how one thing leads to another thing and another thing leads to another thing. But if we just do it the way God says do it. Oh, and here's the best part. Of, we walk around and don't even tell nobody we're offended. And then, I'm not going to look at Sister Jackie. I'm going to hug Sister Patricia. And she's standing right there, and she knows something's wrong, and then we keep it going, and then we just let stuff, and that's not happening either. I just want to clarify that. We cannot let the enemy do that to us. We need to control the fruits of the Spirit. We need to walk in the fruits of the Spirit. When you know something's contrary to the Spirit of God, stop that thing. 
Be bold enough in Christ to say, no, 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 Tammy. You ain't looking right this morning. You didn't treat me right. Let's talk. Now, everybody know me. I'll do that. And they say, what I do now? I hate that reaction, but anyway. And then I said, well, what did you do? Come tell me. <laughs> Let's find out. Let's find out what you did. You're awful guilty. Yeah. <laughs> so let me wrap this up. You're, you know, you become double-minded, unstable. Let's, let's stop that. Let's not let those things happen in our church. Take the shape or the form of whomever they are with. Don't take the form and shape of who you're with. Be you. Be designed how God designed you. You are, you are wonderfully designed. You need to have integrity. You have integrity. Use it. Hello, be it. You, if we were all made the same, that would be jacked up. Okay? If we could all write poems like William, we would enjoy just his. We would all sound like William, which he's wonderful, but come on. I want to know if Tammy can write something. I mean, you know my point? Be you. You have got gifts sitting here that we don't even get to know about because you won't even step out on faith and trust God to bring them forth. How many of you know you have a gift? Just be boldly honest today. Well, what are they? Because we don't know. <laughs> and if you don't see it, tell us so we can do it. We're here for a reason. There's nobody here by accident. So if God has sent you here, he must want your gift activated. I say people <clears throat> don't come forth because I call it RIT. <laughs> you request an identity test, so you don't know who you are in Christ, so you hadn't got that RIT yet. So I'm going to have to invent some kind of RIT test so I can give it to you so you can, <laughs> you can get your identity and you know you're in Christ and then you can go forth. But here's the, here's the bottom line. You already got your RIT test. You know you belong to Christ. That's your identity, right? You don't need a Dana test, do you? DNA, right? Or do we? We all got the same bloodline if we belong to Christ, right? You're fearfully and wonderfully made, right? Y'all don't sound too convinced. So what's holding you back? We allow spirits to come in and tell us, don't do that. Somebody's looking at you. Don't do that. You'll be committed for life. Oh, God, if you go into nursery, you're never getting out. You're going to be stuck. You're going to be stuck with them babies. <laughs> Jackie said that ain't true. She'll let you out. If you go to children's church, oh, my God, the babies. You got some duct tape. I mean, come on. We hear those things, right? If you sing in a choir, Mitch is not going to let you sing. I mean, come on. These are things that we hear in our minds, and we talk ourselves out of doing what God's called us to do. You talk yourselves out of it before you can even get started. Oh, I want to go in the kitchen and cook. Oh, no, Octavia ain't going to let me cook. Come on now. Y'all know I'm telling the truth. You know I'm telling the truth, right? I would greet at the door, but, you know, I don't know if I want to stand at that door. How long do I got to stand? And what if I don't like somebody coming in the door? Do I have to hug them? But what if I don't feel like hugging today? And what if Mike put me at the door anyway? I mean, come on. We talk ourselves out of God's blessings because in our mind, in our mind, we wash away our blessings because of self. Let me tell you something. And some of this is not even on my notes. So I, there is a process. We each have to go through a process to get to the promises of God. God takes us through a process. Let me tell you something. Pastor Greg and I didn't start 
having a church or doing a church. He wasn't a pastor of the church. Guess what? We cleaned the toilets. I did sunshine band for years, youth mother for years, Friday night service for years, Sunday school teacher. We did deacon ministry. We did usher ministry. <laughs> Lord Jesus, YPWW, sung in the choir. Let me tell you something. Years, years, years. Made fried chicken, cooking fried chicken. Hello, somebody. Making little sweet potato pies to sell. Bake sales. I mean, let me tell you something. This was a process. We didn't understand why we had to do all this stuff. We learned every position. We worked every position. And guess what? My mother-in-law, I never forgot, she said, do everything without murmuring and complaining. She said, do it all without murmuring and complaining. She said, because you don't know what God is doing in you. This day and time, oh my God. Complain, complain, complain. But I'm just asking a question. I'm not complaining. I'm just asking a question. I'm not complaining. I'm just asking a question. We can ask a question, but we have disguised it so much that we ask, but we're really complaining. So we're passive aggressive. But back in the day, the motherboards, that motherboard would rock, and they would look at you in the service, and then after church, they call you. <laughs> come on over here, baby. Let me talk to you. And they said, Come on over here, baby. Oh, Jesus. You had to be reckoned with. But you know, I thank God for those mothers. Because we didn't get to do a lot of foolishness. We had to act our age. They made women and they made men. The men was men, they made men. Those women was women, they made women. You know, we didn't understand. We just said, God, the mothers are hard. I remember saying, Lord, the mothers don't give you a break. But you know what? I thank God now for those mothers because we knew how to cook. We knew how to raise our children. We knew how to love our children. They taught us how to care for our husbands. They taught us how to have good common walking around sense. They did. And they used to say, if you can take it, baby, you'll make it. And I remember one time being smart and good Lord, how much do I got to take? Sister Jack, I was wondering, Lord, this taking is hard. But you know, I remember them hugging you and them loving you. And they, I remember them teaching you about the Holy Spirit. I remember them saying, read God's word, get it in here. Meditate on God's word when you're lonely at night and, and things seem like it's falling apart. You don't fall apart. You get in God's word and you just stay there. I remember for a whole year, I could not read the Bible. And I remember them saying, get one scripture and meditate on it and stand there. Stand on it. And I remember standing on that word. And you know, it took a whole year for God to bring about a deliverance. But he did. I remember we didn't have money. After, I remember Greg getting paid and had, what, three cents, four cents. He got so angry, he threw it against the wall. But you know what? I remember God sending somebody, Tia's uh, godmother, and she bought groceries enough to last for two weeks. But we were standing on God's word. So I know him as a provider. I know him as a healer. I know him as a lawyer in the courtroom. I know him as a friend. I didn't have to go tell 20 people. I didn't have to even go tell one. I just had to stand on his word, even when I didn't even know what that meant. We got to fall in love with God again, people. We got to trust him. If you don't know how to trust him, go back and look over the track record that he's given you. Look back where he's brought you from. Look back where you were and look at where you are now and choose, choose what type of surrenders are you going to do? Are you going to have total surrenders? Are you going to have partial surrenders? Are you going to flat just say, I am not doing any of it? You have a choice. This is a hard lesson, but really it's not. It's really not hard. It's hard when your flesh rebels. That's what makes it hard.
You know, and I would love to tell you once you totally surrender, you're not going to have trials and tribulation and you're not going to have, you know, everything is going to be a piece of cake. You rub a bottle and everything's good. No, that's a lie. You have to work. You have to stay in your word. You have to pray. You have to be obedient to God. When he says go left, you don't go right. You go left. When he said, hey, I need you to pray. Get up. You get up and pray. When he said, give, you give. When he said, hey, go visit somebody and share what I tell you to share. You open your mouth and you share. It's an obedient life. But it's the best life. You say, how do you do that? See, I thought I, I, thought I totally surrendered. But then he showed me this past week, there was pieces in my life, parts in my life that I didn't totally surrender. I submitted Remember I told you there's a difference between submitting and surrendering. I thought I totally surrendered everything. And then he said, ha, ha, hold on, sister. Here's some areas you didn't, you submitted, but you didn't surrender. I said, oh, yes, I did. I talked to God like that because we got a relationship. I said, oh, God, yes, I did. He said, oh, sister, no, you didn't. <laughs> so then he showed me where I didn't I, he showed me where I submitted, but I didn't surrender. I fell on my knees. He broke me. I fell on my knees. He took my blood pressure to 157 over 101 or something like that. He said, oh, I'm going to show you where you didn't submit. <laughs> he had to get my attention. But when he got my attention and he showed me, I went back and repented and I surrendered. Then when I surrendered, I understood the difference. And I stand before you now telling you, he, it was like a, a mirror going back. I said, oh, Lord, Jesus, I thought I gave that. He said, no, you didn't. But I did. I can tell you now I have. And I can tell you the difference. And when I did that, he said to me, now look at those oranges. He said, now you have a surrendered life. He said, you don't have to go out now and fight this battle. You just got to stand. He said, you just got to stand. He said, because you are totally protected. He said, so when the wind comes, you just rock. Thank you, Lord Jesus. He said, you just rock. When the storms come, you just flow. He said, because you got all your armor on, I will take care of you. He said, when the winds blow, you just rock. He said, because you're rooted and I got you. He said, because a surrender life is freedom. He said, so you don't got to wheel your sword. He said, because well, when you're wheeling and you're fighting, you're doing it in yourself. He said, but when you're surrendered, I've already won the battle for you. He said, my people are fighting too much. They just need to stand. But when you stand, you have to be surrendered. It's no more self. It's no more your will. You just got to stand. He says, so when the wind come and the wind blow, your roots are deep. I got you. I got you. So my blood pressure dropped. Went back. And the winds begin to blow, and they're still blowing. And I'm fully armed, but you know what? I just got to stand. And I have to tell you, you just got to stand. Stop fighting in your might and in your will. You just have to stand. The one thing he told me to share with you, it is better, and this is found, and I'm not going to read it unless somebody want to get it and read it. Second Peter 2, 19, 24. It is better for us never to have known Christ than to know him and turn, thank you, than to know him and turn our backs on him. It is better for us never to have known him than to know him and turn our backs on him. 
The other scripture is 2 Corinthians 10 and 5. Rob, can you read that, please? This church, we can't fight in our own might. This church was built on prayer. Prayer is the foundation. Prayer will remain the foundation. We're going to be led by the Holy Spirit, what the Holy Spirit tells us to do. That may not be for everybody, but I tell you what, we are going to live a victorious life. We're going to stand, and I believe God is going to move mightily on our behalf. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. Hmm. Those things that you've been struggling with for a long time, stop fighting them in yourself and in your might and in your will. Comes a point you have to decide. Are you going to totally surrender? Or you're going to partially submit? Partially lukewarm. There's some things you'll be protected from, and there's some things you won't, and your life will be heavily laden. Totally not surrender? Hey, you're on your own. You choose. You must choose. Could you read that scripture? Corinthians 10, 5. Yes. We destroy arguments and every lofty opinion raised against the knowledge of God. We take every thought captive to obey Christ. Everything that has been telling you a lie, everything that has stopped you from moving forward in God, everything that has hindered you from this day forward, from this day up to this day, put it in its rightful place. Denounce it. Take authority over it. And you say, how do I take authority over it? I've been wrestling with it for years. Surrender your life to Christ. I don't mean do some words. I don't mean do what someone tell you. You know truly how to surrender your life to Christ. You know those things that you hold on to, that you've been holding on to, that God's been talking to you about getting rid of, and you come in and you go out and you go home and you wrestle and you sleep with it and you do what? Hey, you know what they are. Nobody has to pry and prick and hold and, and beg you to get rid of it. You know what it is. And you know the things that you have a choice that God has said to you directly. Give it up. You know the things that God has said, stop it. You know the things he's been pricking at your heart saying, hey, make room for me. Do what I told you to do. It comes a day he's not going to tell you anymore. You choose what your lifespan will be and your impact will be for eternity. Because eternity will go on and on and on long after you have left. And here's the thing. We love our family so, but legacy as we leave it, is what they will remember. Question I have for you. Have you chosen to surrender totally to the Lordship of Jesus? Will you surrender today so you can maximize your time here on earth and make an impact on eternity? Is my life producing fruits of righteousness? I'm not even going to ask you to come up here because that's an individual question between you and God. <clears throat> I'm going to ask everybody to stand. One thing I want you to know, when we get to heaven... <laughs> There is a judgment seat. I don't want to sell anybody a bag of goods and say, you know, you give your life to Christ. Everything's fine. You're not having no more problems. 
that's not true. We will have problems. We'll have challenges. We'll have things going to happen. But isn't it better to fight those things standing totally surrendered in Jesus Christ than not be surrendered in Jesus Christ? As we close our eyes, you take this moment. You talk to, you talk to the Lord. You give him whatever you need to give him in total surrenderance. Because there's nothing I can give him for you. We each have to go to God for ourselves. We each have to work our salvation out for ourselves. Because it will come a day that we each have to stand judgment seat for ourselves. And those of us who think that, you know, I went to church all the time. I helped in church. I did this. I just got a clear way to heaven. Uh, that's not true. That's not the case. Some of us won't make it in. So examine what you have submitted and see, have you surrendered? So Father God, in the name of Jesus, I declare in Jesus' name on this day, as we lay our lives down to you. I come against everything that would speak to their minds to come against the Spirit of God. And I ask you, Lord, to help surrender our lives completely to you in every area. There's times we put our spouse there's times we put our children. There's times we put so many things in front of you. But Lord, if we just surrender to you, everything else will fall in place. Have your way, Lord. Have your way in our lives. Sweep us clean, Lord. Purge our hearts, purge our spirits, purge our souls. Oh, we love you today, Lord. Sometimes we just need a wake-up call and a reminder. We are not worthy, Lord, of your love sometimes, but you continuously love us no matter what. And we love you. Give us the desire to be in your word, to pray, to seek you, to have an intimate relationship with you. Mend our hearts today. Turn our hearts towards you, our minds towards you, our spirit to hunger after you.